Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with avant-garde jazz pianist Satoko Fuji. She grew up in Japan, then moved to the USA to study at the Berklee College of Music and the New England Conservatory. These days, she is back in Japan and has plenty to say about her music and her life. During the course of an interview with Neon Jazz, she talked about a great deal of topics and a very intriguing journey. Please dig this interview, my friends. Let me go ahead and dive right in here and ask you what has been going on lately. Well, I'm in Japan now, and I had several concerts here in Tokyo and other city in Japan. And now I'm just relaxed with my family. Who are you performing with these days? And and kind of talk to me a little bit about that. Okay. Well, you know, so let's start with other project at first because you know, um, I have been playing, uh, you know, with a lot of different people, and uh, one of the very active um, project is with two French players, musicians, and with Natsuki, the band called Kaze. Yeah. And the, the instrumentation is very unique. Two trumpets, me play piano and drummer. So two trumpets, one piano and one drums. And we play, you know, this is not my project. It's more like um, everyone's, I mean, like in a very democratic project. So all we write music and all we make music together. So that's one of the projects that I'm doing, you know, um, active, actively. And the next one is called Tobira, which is n- not real. It's more like uh, it's crowded, but it's de- it has been developed from uh, my new trio which is on piano, bass, and drums. And we made one CD called Spring Storm two years ago. Yeah. And the bass bass player is an American guy who had been living in Japan, but he moved back to New York City. His name is Todd Nicholson. And the drummer is Japanese guy whose name is um, Takashi Itani, and uh, we made one CD um, called Spring Storm, and the band is called Satoko Fuji New Trio. But um, I developed the band with having Natsuki Tamara on trumpet, and now the band has four people instead of trio. Very cool. Let me go back a little bit earlier in your life. You grow up okay. in you grow up in Japan and I know that Japan has a really deep appreciation for jazz. So talk to me about how you developed your love of jazz. Okay, well, um people love jazz in Japan as you said, but mostly people love mainstream, I mean straight ahead jazz. It's more like 60s or even 50s. And uh, the music I play is a little different from that 
kind of jazz. Yeah. So, yeah, actually, I huh. have many stories in Japan. You know, sometimes I play some jazz club in Tokyo, and some people who love jazz come to the show and said, you know, some of them are disappointed because I don't play straight ahead jazz. Yeah. And they say, you know, well, they think, you know, it's not jazz. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know I play jazz or not. I... I have no idea, so, <laughs> yeah, so, but anyway, um, at first I started play, uh, studying classical music, which was very popular thing, I mean, you know, um, when I was small, all family, I mean, tried to make their, especially daughters, um, practice classical piano. Yeah. Yeah, and nowadays people finally realized it's not so important, <laughs> or you know there are many other things to do. So it's not common thing anymore. But when I was little, that was you know very common thing for Japanese family, and I also studied classical piano. But um, the reason I studied studying classical piano is not just because of that. I was very shy child. Um, I, you know, I couldn't talk to other kids. And uh, I was not happy being in kindergarten. So I asked my parents that, you know, if I can quit kindergarten. And uh, my parents thought it's maybe a good idea to led me to do something else so you know I can have some social thing yeah. instead of just staying in my parents house so um, instead of going kindergarten I started um, going piano lessons yeah and that's how I started um, playing piano interesting yes you, you know the interesting thing too that I always hear about jazz pianists is that Everything starts in the classical realm. It's like all the building blocks get uh -huh. accumulated at that point, and then you kind of branch out into jazz. So my question is, do you think the classical training has led very well to you understanding jazz better? Well, um, it's very difficult to explain because, you know, there are two things. One thing is, you know, because I already had... I mean, like technique to play piano, that actually helped me to play jazz. That I cannot, um, I cannot say no about that. But um, the second thing is because I was well trained to read music, not to improvise. That actually bothered me a lot when I started um, playing jazz. Because jazz has a lot of improvisation. Yeah. 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 So there are two, you know, opposite things. Absolutely. So when you were growing up, did you dream about being a musician or did you have other aspirations for your life? Well, um, I was not good classical piano student. I mean, I was not good jazz piano student <laughs> either. Um, but with some reason... I had been dreaming being musician 
a whole life, even, you know, when I started playing piano when I was four years old, I already was dreaming being a musician. Wonderful. So why did you pick this route of creating kind of a free avant-garde jazz sound? How did that develop? Did you feel like you wanted to do something different, or did was it something that evolved over time? Well, actually, that's also my question. Why I picked this thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I have been... I mean, I noticed several things why I picked it up. Um, like, you know, there are several people who love kind of conservative, conservative things. And there are other people who love, you know, um, very avant-garde things. And that's not just um, education. It's more like, you know, constitution, I think. Yeah. Because... Yeah, because I remember um, when I started listening to jazz, well, that's, you know, because my actually my classical piano teacher loved jazz, and I really um, respected him. So that's why I started being interested in jazz. And I tried to listen to jazz um, with, like, you know, FM station, because I didn't know which jazz I listened to. Yeah. Then, then I didn't like anything like, you know, or hard pop or kind of like traditional jazz stuff. But one day I listened to, I, I had um, Coltrane played um, A Love Supreme from the radio. And with... I don't know why, but I loved it. Immediately, I knew that it. So, my case, I just, you know, um, love kind of like jazz. Instead of okay, I listening to hard pop or pop, then, you know, going to jazz, that. I just loved free jazz at first. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So, you come to the United States to the Berkeley College of Music in Boston. Talk to me a little bit about that transition in your life from the Japanese culture into the American culture and what you learned when you went to kind of one of the top music schools in the country. Well, I was young already. I was 20 years old. And my there were much younger and uh, well, so, but I don't know. In the middle, it's very equal house. It's very different, Japan. I mean, culturally. But anyway, it was very pleased how because in Japan we were expected to do, you know, um, because I have to say I was very, I mean, to say anything, anything in America, uh, in Japan, I was all thinking about, you know, people think about me or 
people look at me, that kind of stuff. But in America, it's more, I mean, I could relax much better. So after your time at Berkeley and as you started kind of getting into music more, you started playing more around the world. What was that experience like to not only play in the United to learn in the United States and play here, but to kind of go around the world? What have those experiences been like for you? Well, I mean, after Berkeley, actually, I only played in Japan. Yeah, okay. and okay. I, I spent five years being in Japan, playing in you know in Japan. Then I have decided to I decided to went back to America to study in New England Conservatory. Yeah. So, yeah, so I went to New England Conservatory. Then um, that was experience for me. I mean, Berkeley, it's more like, you know, um, just studying jazz as style. I mean, like, you know, I'm trying to music shape like jazz or sounds like jazz and, you know, imitate someone something like that but um, I had to say I was not so happy being in there because I was not good at doing that and I went back to Japan um, spending five years as a professional musician and I just lost my I mean feeling playing jazz I mean playing music what is my music that kind of stuff and I decided to went back to Japan, back to America, studying in New England Conservatory. Then I studied with Paul Blay, George Russell, John Maneri, and many other great musicians. And I realized there are some music which I can play, not other people. That's you know my music. I just realized that and so it's I had to say it's very different I mean um, Berkeley and New England Conservatory is like 10 minutes walk I mean both are in Boston and 10 minutes walk distance yeah but the idea is very different in Berkeley um, the school try to make um, jazz musician and the I mean, in New England Conservatory, I mean, we have to play our music. We have to find ourselves. It's more like that. Interesting. That's a great way of putting it. Um, you know, everybody has something they're trying to say with their music. What is your message? What are you trying to say with your music? Um, I think... Music is special language, which actually is very different, you know, different from um, like English or Japanese or whatever we are talking, and you know this kind of language. This kind of language we can talk about politics. We can talk about you know um, something like you know what's happened today or uh, many. I mean things which is kind of like details but music is different totally different language which we can talk more about very deep feeling 
which is different from um, like politics or society or whatever. It's more like I think you know, like you know, feeling or love or I don't know. Um, but music obviously can talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, but there are several things, of course. I mean, many things that music cannot talk about. And the thing that I would like to um, express with music is obviously the thing that I cannot talk in Japanese or in English or whatever. I mean, I would like to express something that I only can express with music. Yeah. Yeah, and I think which is very deep. I mean, I don't know what it is, but you know, um, underneath, under something. Um, not just, you know, talking about the things that we can look. Yeah. Yeah, it's truly the universal language, that's for sure. Uh-huh. Um, when you look back on your career and the periods of creativity that you've had, when do you think you've been the most creative in your career, in your life? Hmm, it's... I mean, you know, um, I'm doing new things all the time. Yeah. So it's kind of difficult to say because, you know, even before I started playing um, this kind of music, I think I was creative somehow. I mean, you know, doing different things. So it's very difficult to say when is the period that I did many things. I mean, I think I have been doing many things in different way. And yeah, yeah so. I mean, if you say how many CDs or how many projects or, you know, that kind of numbers, of course, um, I can see my I mean, discography <laughs> to say which period. But, I mean, I think it's different because, you know, even I don't make any CDs, I, you know, composed or rehearsed. So it's also... I think you know very creative somehow. Absolutely, absolutely. Let me ask you, who do you admire the most in the world of jazz? Who do you look up to? Hmm. Um well if you just talk about jazz, um well you know, because I love other kind of music too. But if you just say jazz, um I have to say I love most musicians, <laughs> but like you know, I love John Coltrane as yeah. I said, and I love um, Bill Evans. And for a long time, um, I was like you know, everybody said I probably got influence from Cecil Taylor, but to tell the truth. I was not so crazy with his music until two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and I, re- I mean, very recently I realized Cecil Taylor, you know, played very, I mean, 
unique, unique, unique and um, deep. And I started loving his music a lot recently. So it's very difficult to say who I love. I love most musicians. <laughs> you know, I, I told you I couldn't have fun listening to bebop when I was young. But now I like Charlie Parker. I like, you know, many musicians. So it's very difficult to say. But, you know, uh, of course, I got big influence from my teacher, who is Paul Blay. And uh, even before I studied with him, he was one of my idols. And, uh, yeah, so it's very difficult question because I love so many musicians. No, that's cool. That That's a great direction there. It's kind of a dream realized kind of thing to be able to play with someone you admire that much, like Paul. Um, so let me ask you this. If you could go back in time and witness a jazz musician play live, and you could go in any time period back in time, would it be Coltrane? Who would you want to see live? Well, definitely Coltrane. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, um, I didn't have a chance to see him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's cool. Why do you love jazz? I don't know. <laughs> 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 well, um, I don't know. I mean, you know, well, I, as I told you, I love many different kind of music. I love, like, classical music. Yeah. Music and uh, some ethno music. And I don't know, but I, of course, love jazz very deeply. Um, but I don't know why. I just feel I like it. I mean, when I listen to it, I'm very excited. Yeah. I, yeah. That's wonderful. Let me ask you this. We we know who you are from your music. Your family knows who you are. Your fans have an idea of who you are. Tell me, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, who am I? Yeah. I, I'm a human being. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a Japanese woman, but that's not the first thing. I'm a, you know, just a human being. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's the thing that I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this. Let's say we get together and interview in 10 years, and the first question I'm going to ask you is, what has been going on lately? What are you going to want to tell me happened 10 years from now? I would like to make music that I didn't make so far. Cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, um, somehow, many times I, well, you know, good, that's probably is good thing that, you know, people can realize, recognize my music because I do have um, my way to extract the music, the notes, and I have my taste, which people can recognize. Yeah. But, yeah, but at the 
same time, I would like to see my new thing. I mean, I think I do have something else. And I would like to play music that I've never heard before. I mean, I would like to find myself. That's a perfect way to end this interview. And that's, I think, what epitomizes you is that you create this music that we've never heard before. I really, really dig the avant-garde realm. I really dig your music. So it's been a joy to have you spend a little time with me and, and kind of talk about you and your music. So thank you again. Thank you very much. Talk to you, I mean, in 10 years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In a decade, we'll talk. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over America, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Satoko for her time and new blend of jazz she is constantly giving the world. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store or visit the neonjazz.blogspot.com for all things neon jazz. Until next time, enjoy the music, my friends. Neon Jazz.